Welcome to another episode of Last of the Real Podcast. You don't know Jamaica's number one podcast. And again, we want to big up all the international listeners. Right? From the east to the west, Last of the Real, I touch it. You don't know, we are the best. And it's Zane, one of your hosts here. And I have my friend in studio. Who's here? Mr. JRP in the building. Mm. Everyone's favorite host, though. Which is right. Hey, don't know. Last of the real. We normally kick it off with our 10 in 10 or our weird 10. But tonight we're going to do something different. You know, we're not going to talk about the Will Smith, Chris Rock, Hollywood fiasco. The slap that is real or fake. You know, everyone have them opinion on it. But last of the real, I was still focus on real events affecting real people. That's right. You know, we're not going to get. Yeah, we're not going to get drawn in the Hollywood fiasco. So, right now, since it's Sexual Awareness Month, we want to look at something that affects many women and men worldwide that basically goes unspoken about and many of the victims suffer in silence. It may be a brother, a sister, mother, your father, Somebody that you know in passing or a close friend or a family member, right? But many victims suffer in silence. So fortunately, Last of the Real has a very brave individual. And we're going to just call her Jane, or Jane Brown. And we have to applaud you for come on and talk about your personal case, right? It takes a lot of strength and courage to talk about something like this. Because we know trauma is never easy to handle. Again, you know, Hello. whenever you're ready, we just want you to walk us through your ordeal and how it happened to you. All right. So, good night, guys. My name is Jean and I'm 33. Um, this is my story and how it has been affected me, especially since, you know, during the pandemic where I had to sit inside and we had to deal with our demons um, because there is there were nobody to talk to so those you know thoughts and traumas they came back i am a victim of sexual molestation um i can't remember the age where it started but i know it was something around six or seven or eight i can't remember Whoa. and uh, the first instant was when I, uh, um, my father's friend, he was a Rasta man. And, um, you know, if I should backtrack, I, my father died when I was nine. My mother has, was always mentally ill. So we were with her father majority of the time. And um, he died. They killed him at age nine. They found his decomposed body um, wow. in an unfinished house. And it, how I, how we got the news that he came over the news that you know they identified him by a bag, and, a bag. and so a um, little bit before he died, he had this friend that he was always coming around, and um, my father left us, and um, I don't know where he went, but he went somewhere, and we were around this man's yard, and. Uh, he lifted me up and I realized that his fingers touched my vaginal area and then his fingers started to move. I knew in myself that this was not right. This is not right. This not feel right. And he asked if I liked it. So I say, you know, at that tender age, I was like, because mm-hmm, I didn't know what to do, what to say, nothing. And, um, you know, I started running. You know, as soon as it started, I started running, just taking away myself. And I remember there was an instance where it started and I, my father was in a next community and I walked, it was like maybe a two hour walk. And I walked to my father um, where he was and um, my father came back home. I don't know what happened between my father and the man, but I knew that my father became so afraid of the man. And um, there was also an instance where he locked 
there were three of us, my sister and I, my sister who is older than I am, my smaller brother. And he locked us up in the house and he was having sex with my sister. And um, he forced me to study my timetable. And whenever I would, you know, rebel, he would beat my little brother and beat, my, my, beat me. And then one night, no, I was there and he had my sister in the room and I went there. And then he started to, you know, to molest me, you know. It was, it, it, just looking back at it, it it's so, it disgusts me. Scary. Anyway, yes, I, because I'm trying to put, remember, bits and pieces as I go along. Anyway, um, I ran away again, you know, and I left my sister and my little brother in the house. I ran to a next. Um, my, my grandmother was working for this lady and I ran to the lady's house. I moved away and I went with my grandmother to the lady's house. At that time, no CDA came in. I guess persons in the community saw what, what, what was happening. Cause my sister got out of hand. She was cursing a lot. And I knew it was because of the molestation while she was rebelling in her own words. Or, you know, way. She, I left and I went to my grandmother's place where she was um, being a domestic worker. And at that time, I heard that... Um, the CDA came and they took my little brother and my sister. But I escaped because I ran. Um, so, all right, my sister went to home then and I, I, I started living at the lady's house. You know, the lady had a little bit of money. She, she couldn't take care of me and stuff like that. Um, when I went to the lady's house, no, the lady had a son. You know, big man. Mm-hmm. And um, that man started to fondle me. Whoa. You know, he went on to penetrate me oh. and stuff like that. I did not. I did not know what was happening to me. I was just, you know. I had a next friend now. <laughs> this was at the same tender age of around. Yes. Maybe yeah. seven. Eight. Yes. I cannot remember the age exactly but i was very young i was a, i was a, i was a baby mm-hmm. and when i was at the lady's house now i can't remember how it started but i know that the young man started to fondle me um it started and you know um while um the lady or my grandmother was away he would put you know pull me away and started to you know, he called me, kissed me up and stuff like that. You know, he started with the same same thing, you know, taking me up, holding me up and stuff like that and started to, you know, whatever. Um, so I was there for a time. I couldn't run because there was nowhere else to go. I had nobody else. Remember that my, my father was, you know, um, he was about his business. He, you know, he... I would just say maybe he started to get mental and stuff like that, but he was just walking up and down all over the place. There was no parental guidance, nobody there to protect us. We were all over the place. And, you know, my mother had quite a few of us, over 10 children she had. And uh, we were all over the place. My sister at this time, of course, and Melissa brother were placed in homes. And so I was left out there because, you know, they came and I was, you know, living with this lady. They thought I was being protected. So the young man started molesting me and stuff. And it, it happened for quite so, some years because, so, as I said, I... Mm-hmm. So this young man, was he a relative of the, the lady? Yes. I'm right. not sure. Oh, Excuse me? Was that her son or you're not sure the relation? I don't think it's her son, but I think she adopted him. He okay. and the sister. He had adapt- adopted um, he and the sister. So during that and time when you were with the lady, um, your brother and sister was still in the home? Yeah, man. Um, they were still at home. Okay. The, they were placed permanently in foster oh. care, in the government foster care. Wow. Yeah. I guess that's a rough situation for them as well. Yes, but I think it, um, it was rougher for me in the sense that because I heard my sister said that that was the best time of her life that when she was placed in the home. So, yeah. you know, I was there thinking, oh, it's a good thing that I never went into the home. But maybe if I'd gone there, I would have, you know, passed all of protection. Yes, but she never missed it because before she went in, she was molested by the man also. But because if she went in, she was somewhat, it stopped somewhere. So, Jane, let me ask you something before you can. Mm-hmm. Right, we know mm-hmm. the first incident. Incident 
um, the guy you said fondled you. So basically, you know, kind of assault. Yeah. But second, the second one, right? When you mm -hmm. were living with this lady, mm -hmm. you said um, he penetrated you. Yes. So that was like he with, tried. You know, he tried. He tried. But you know, as a as a baby, not it's not gonna not now go go because not I'm so a easy. Child. Yeah. 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 I'm a child. Yeah. Because that that's what I was gonna say. No, no, you you basically yeah. been through the assault and the rape. Yeah. Sick bastard. Yeah. There's many. And um, yeah, so that was this this the the second the, the the young man. So it went on for some time. I remember, I don't know if it's trauma, but I remember I started waiting the bed. Mm -hmm. wet in the bed and I couldn't like every single night because what, what the lady did she used to put me on the floor in her room to sleep because I was wet in the bed so badly and she used to spread the um the the the, the what you call it plastic that and then plastic. put on it mm -hmm. yes mm -hmm. I put sheet on it and I had to sleep on it because I was wet in the bed so and she badly. she picked up no indication that she something she found nothing she okay. just I don't know and just talking about it right now, I don't, I don't. I said it to one of my friends that I, I started wet in the bed and I did not know why I was wet in the bed. But I realized, no, it was because of trauma. But you know, no. she, yeah, continue. Ask a question. I have a question. Um, did you, did you, I know it was a young age, mm -hmm. but, and basically there was no parents to run to. Mm -hmm. But did you try and, and, Talk to this lady. I say something to the lady. No, no, not I. To be honest, it not even cross my mind to talk. It not it even just... cross my mind to talk. I just accepted it and move along. You see, sometimes I think I accepted it and I started to like it because it felt normal to me. No. Yeah, yeah, you normalize it. Yes, I did not know what to make of the situation. I, but I know it was wrong. Um, Remember, you know, this was, this, this is a case where because of not having any parents, I used to go to school barefooted. I used to wake up out of the bed with pee running down my, my leg. And I used to just wake up and put on my uniform and just go to school barefooted. You know, the greatest thing though, Jane, the father guide and protect you, you know? Even though you go through all of that trauma, look at you now. Yeah, you you're know? here. You're here. Yeah, look at you now. You know, them say, him never give a man more than what him can bear. The father know you're strong enough to take who you take and come out at the other side smiling. Right? You see, one of my favorite movies of all time, you know, Shawshank Redemption. Mm. Classic. And yeah, a lot of people think it's boring and it's this and that. But if you think that movie is boring, I'm sorry, your IQ limited. <laughs> but that scene where Andy Dufresne crawled through, I think it was three football fields of shit, which is 300 yards of shit, and come out on the other side smiling. It reminds me of your story, Jane. Yeah. And I tell you. After all that trauma, you're here to share it with us and hopefully can help somebody yeah. that's experiencing the same thing find some strength to go through them ordeal. I hope, you know, because it has destroyed me so much. You would even understand. So um continue, you know. Um, so I had this friend, this this friend, you know, bad girl in our community. Look, I would even consider her as a bad girl because people go through what they go through, and we don't know why they do what they do when they do it. So she 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 was sexually active at the time, and she introduced me to this other man, big old man, you know. And when I went around to his house, um, they were having sex in front of me, oh, and the man gave us food. The man was giving us food. And she said, come, he might give me food. And you know, me get up and me go. I went. I went around there. And the man started having sex with me. And, and I think what disturbed me the most, I was there when he was actually, I saw the scene of him 
insert himself into my friend. It was sickening and disgusting. At that same time now, um, the lady, the same lady with the son I was living with, she found out, I don't know who told her because this is not the first time I was going around there. She come and she grabbed me by the, I don't know if I remember if me here, she grabbed me by and she grabbed me. And she said, come out, we had the run here. You're short of food. You're short of food. And I, by her, I wasn't short of food. Because she, she, one thing she's going to make sure is that she buy food and feed me. The only thing she never do, I buy clothes and shoes to me. But she feed me. Yeah. And uh, that was the same day, I remember. Um, they were looking for me because somebody, my own relative, my father's own relative, tied up my father in the middle of the square and beat him. Because of the same friend that molested us. Beat him and cut off his dreadlock. Because he was in the company of that same man. So when they, when they beat him now and cut off his lock. Um, she come and she pulled me and said. You know see them a beat your father. Them a beat your father. Them beat your father and kill your father. And me I said. Was, I was going through the embarrassment. Because she had pulled me through the square. And at the same time. Then just beat up my father. I remember this is the man that I know that took care of me. I had no body but my father. You understand what I'm saying? Beat him and cut off him. Disrespecting him and cut off his dread. And, uh, you know. Yeah, man. Just take your time. Yeah, man. Hey, been there. You see, remember the episode of the family. Yeah. yeah. You see, who oh, our, our father. Family. Very own family, you know. And they did, you know why they beat him? The same relative, yo, over. I don't know what they did to the house. It was a board house. And they, they st- I don't know if a charity or a vulture, whatever they call it, with electricity. And the house burned down with their stuff. And because of the company, the same man, they said, I'm a father. And the, the man burned down the place. And because they couldn't catch the man, they beat yeah. me. They, Catch my father and type up a beat him, brother. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I was there and I couldn't take what was happening, the embarrassment that happened with the lady as she dropped to the scare. And I, I ran away because my mom, she came, even though she was mental, she got pregnant because people still have sex with her. And she got pregnant with my brother now, who is, you know, 20 something. And I went to my mom. And being that my mom, my mom is so, you know, mental. We stay with her for a couple of weeks. And by the time I look at my mother, one just see my mother get up one day and just start beat me out of my sleep. Beat me. And I say, where you are licking for? And she said, I try to stifle her. Beat me. And I say, where you are My mother beat me so till me have to run out of my clothes because I killed her. She's going to kill me. I run again and I go up. And, you know, some long, some relatives. And I stayed there until I left school. And let me tell you something. And that's what, high school? That was when I left high school. Very, you know, it was a good high school because I wasn't that bad. Educational mm. wise, I wasn't that bad. Because I, you know, when I left, I went I went up to the, 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 the last person that I was living with. And I went to, you know, I, I, I think I was, when I went there, I was, I still was in grade five because of my age and I, lack of parental guidance, I, I had to skip because of, I had to skip over grades to get weird, to get, so by the time I left school, I was 18, full okay. 18. So I went through, you know, um, primary and junior high and junior high was now where I was being recognized. Junior high now was where I teachers saw my potential and they knew that my mother was not, you know, she, they always referred to her as this bright girl. Because I know nothing of my, my only, my only grew up to my mother mad. Mm-hmm. Mental, walk up and that's, that's the only memory I have of my mom. Mm-hmm. And one of the teacher, you know, a male, he came to me and, and I remember when I left grade six, I had to go over to the junior high because I didn't have a birth, birth paper to get me. Um, even though I did, I think it was common entrance at the time. And when I took it, it, it went into GSAT. So when yes. I went, yeah, when I went over to the junior high side, that was how I was redeemed because teachers, um, the, the primary school teachers, they were looking down on me because, you know, they were say, oh, you don't like, you know, they talk down to you. 
And I, when I went over to the junior high part now, that was where I was being recognized. And the teacher made, the other day he said to me, you were my project. You, are, you, and, you and your brother were my project. And he, in the rough, you know, because he roughed me. And he said, he said to me one day, if, if, I, if I have to make one thing clear, you're going to drink your eye water for price because you have to learn. You have to learn. And there Back was a... Yes, he said, you have to learn. And I remember when I, the first day of grade seven, he said to me, say, hmm, you come in here, come sit down. You just watch me and you. And I started smiling. Come here and say, I must joke him and make. And that man beat me from grade seven to grade nine. And I, every time, you since like other people, them go up and run up and down, I had to be in the library. I had to be in the library. And he, if he asked me a question and I could not answer it, remember, I belt to me back. And he's going to embarrass me there. So I had to be on top of my toes. Had to be on top of my class. It, it, re- it went on. You know, I was living in foster care with the persons that I was with until I left. It wasn't easy either because you know, being in a foster care, they're not going to treat you like them own. Yeah. They're a not stranger. going to treat you like them. Yes, they're going to treat you. You have to do the majority of the work. Uh, helper. Yes, I was Cinderella. I was Cinderella. I remember one time, it was at Christmas. I remember when I just went out around, I had to be, had to be wearing my brother's shorts. Because I had no clothes, no underwear. I had nothing, no shoes. I had people in my church come to me. Uh, one lady, she, I guess she feels sorry for me, come to me. I said, come on, my yard. And I remember she gave me a sock and a big shoes. But me didn't, listen, me didn't glad because nobody never met. I was walking barefooted. I was barefooted. So I'm really glad when she asked for me. So, and, yeah, that yeah. question. While in, in, in foster care, we know mm-hmm. it's a whole different set of conditions. Yeah. But were you at least protected now from the sexual assault and the um, you know, mental torture? All right. They, 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 I was somewhat protected from it because um there were attempts made but because mr they gain little sense now when they come to me and when i, I think one of them said to me say if me touch you i gotta tell nobody i'm say yes me go call the police one tried to kiss me and i and me pull away so, so you're you more know, aware now yes 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 i was yes it was still happening but because i was I think I was 10 now, so you know, me again, little experience, and me again, little exposure. So I knew what was right from wrong. I mm. knew it was wrong. I was coming to sense now. So even though attempts were made, it never came to fruition. But the mental torture was there. I, as I said, I never thought about it or me say, oh, Lord, you know, so they molest me or. You know, it was more of, I, I went into a survival mode in, at the foster home. Me, me have to survive, me have to go to school, me have to start learning, me have to do something to get myself out of this. Yeah, get myself out of this situation. Yes, yes. And yeah. you see, me have to share something by um, Nadine Spence. It's, you see, your ordeal, mm-hmm. unfortunately, I thought more a lot of women in, in not just Jamaica, but all over the world go through, right? But in Jamaica, we have a thing where it's called rape culture. Yeah. And may, may I use rape culture to class sexual assault, rape, you know, molesting, all of that. And the three things where I realize that in Jamaican rape culture, what happens is they shame the victim. Yeah. Right? Like that woman dragging you through the square. Yeah. That was shaming the victim. That was a that the, the whole dragging through the square wasn't necessary. She could have just come, drag you, yeah. bring yeah. it to your yard. The then them was, blame the victim. Yeah. It's your fault. Yeah, it's your fault. And after them the, blame the victim, them silence the victim. So people like you and others that have gone through this ordeal never speak out on it. Yeah. The thing is, you know, I was traumatized because when she dragged me, she highlighted what was happening. And so children, people start calling me the name of the man, whatever girl. So them start calling me. 
you see? I have to live with that. And I had to live with that because when I went into the home, I, I was at the time they started calling me the name and I had to, because as I said, I went into survival mode. So I had to live yeah, with yeah. them calling me the name. So while you were at the, the home, right? Any mm -hmm. far, you get any form of counseling? No, I had no. Listen, the, a rural. Nah, in, remember, I know I'm an outcast. I'm for, I'm somebody that they they they, they be, and because I'm monetary values, whatever. You yeah, okay. understand? There was a gain from it. So nobody now thinks that all oh, you need counseling. Nobody no business about that. No, but I was not in that environment. I was not in. I, I was not around those that kind of people that thought about that body counseling maybe she did nobody was thinking about that everybody was thinking yeah. about themselves yeah. nobody now thinks that Jane need counseling and, no. I, and you were in survival mode rather than just yes. living and, and being a child and having fun yes you know so so you, yeah. so when 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 the, you know it started happening and um, I, do, I think I push it back. I mean, I've never really thought it, it never really affected me until I became an adult. And when I say it, it's when I became an adult, yes, I was more affected by what they said to me, how they treated me rather than by the sexual, by the molestation. The reason why it came up and I had to talk about it and it started affecting me was because my spouse and I were going through something and he said, you need counseling. Yeah. And I went to the counselor. That was my first experience with a professional. That was my first experience talking to a professional about it. And he, when, when I, I was so bitter, I remember I was so bitter me going there and I was like, listen to me. Anything you want to make him do me not care. And I was like that. And and when you uh, we were talking about the trauma, why we bring, bring traumas into the relationship. And he said to me, I remember he asked me the question. He said, what happened in your childhood that is leading you to be so bitter? Why are you so bitter? And I came home because when he asked me the question, I could not answer. And I came home and I and I asked myself the question, why so bitter so bitter? And I went back and I was reminded by how many times I was sexually molested. I was I was treated like a piece of meat. I was looked down on because I had no protection. I was tossed about because people didn't value me, didn't see me as anything. And because of that, it lowered my standard. It made me choose the worst type of partners. It made me seek validations from every and anybody. It made me have to fight until the age of 32 because 30, 32 was when I got counseling. And it was at 32 that I started to value myself as an adult. That's a I long fight, you know. Exactly. I never saw myself as anything good in this life. It was when it was when my, my no spouse came into my life and I thought I was thinking about all I know I wanted a child because I felt empty over the years. I felt so empty. At one point, I was saying I have nothing to live for because there was just this empty feeling looming over me. There was, there was no love, nobody to love me. And so I looked for love in the form of men. I the looked wrong, for the a wrong, father. The wrong set of men. Yes. I looked for a father figure in men. As soon as men go in a relationship, I just want them to love me, to just love me and accept me. And I started to love them for the wrong reason. So you know, your validation is based yes. on their love for you. Yes, yes. Yes. It became that. I remember when my spouse, the guy I'm talking, my, my fiance now that I'm, you know, I'm talking. And when I, when I, when I was first talking, I was head over heels in love with him. 
But I know I wasn't getting back that type of love. And I said, to, I kept on fighting for it. And I said, and I, and I, I was afraid of him um, leaving. And I would cry and beg for him not to leave. Please don't leave me. I can't do without you. I became so, what's the word? Vulnerable. Dependent. I became dependent on his love. And you know, me, 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 I got dead if you leave me. Go, I was, it's like, I became psychotic. Then like, as me start screaming, me start I said, no, sir. No. And uh, something happened. It was my fault, but it happened, and I'm glad it happened. You know, I cheated. I'm going to be honest. I cheated. And when I cheated, it, it, it destroyed the whole basis of the relationship. And, uh, you know, he was devastated. He, he wanted to leave. And, um... No, you have to but fight for this like, relationship. What it looks like. Yeah, fight and... Uh, successful. Huh? On a work, it out, though. Yeah, man. The thing is, you know, but it was like... That was the reason why we even ended up to counseling because it was a tug of war. It was a fight. It was a fight. It was a fight. Two hundred times, so listen. Leave. leave. I can't take it anymore. Leave. And even though I was, I, I listen, if he ever walked in, I probably drop door coming over to leave what may I say. And, um, you know, after counseling, I, I, I said, I said to him, I said, listen, I'm depending too much on you for my life to continue. I said, I know what I did was wrong, but go. And that was when I started to find my value, believe it or not. That was when I started to see myself as a strong black woman. That was when I started to love myself because I saw that I was at the blink of losing him and losing my soul and my sanity at the same time. And I started to look at myself and I said, listen to me now. You have to value yourself because you cannot be so, be so dependent on a man for, um, in order to carry on your life. No. And I had to go back to my childhood oh, to see what was. Yes, I because I cannot I cannot um address something that I don't know the root the root what is the problem. Yeah, the root cause. I have of to find it. the source. Yeah, I have to I have to find I, I had to find the source. So I went back to my child and I realized that it was because of the whole molestation. Because of it, I had no confidence. They took away my confidence. I did not see myself worthy look away innocent yes i i had no self-esteem because of it i expected people to just love me and i i had i had this high expectation of people oh because me do this thing if you do it no so i had to go back i had to revisit and i had to you know evaluate and i had to start letting go where i needed needed to let go and I, had, I said to myself one day, I said to myself, you know that you are a sweet girl. You are not this buguyaga, violent, loud person, you know. So, so Jane, we need, we need to dig up all those memories back from childhood. How did it make you feel? <laughs> you know, to be honest, when I went to the, it was a counseling that made me dig it up and I came home. Me always see people say, oh, when so they get raped, they go in their bathroom and scrub themselves. Yeah, when, I, when I brought it up, this, this anger came over me that if I knew where that man was, me would pierce somebody to just hold him for me. And I would get a knife and just walk it through him, just walk it through him, just a, a stab, a stab, a stab, a stab, until. That's how angry you were. That was how angry. I was, and I, because the counselor said to me, he said, you, it, it, it's not, that is not, it is not there. It is that you pushed it to the back of your head. I did not know that yeah. it was there, that anger that was, I didn't know it was still there. Yeah, man. Subconsciously. You suppressed it, you know? Yeah, suppressed yes. Come on, you suppressed it. Yeah, like sweeping underneath the rug. And, and I no, go on, can't did not, I don't feel the same way about the young man, the second young man at the, at the lady I was staying with because I saw him and I forgave him. Oh, 
forgive him since that like Yanim talk about it. I or... did not I haven't spoken to him about it because but I saw how God Yes, but I, I saw how God dealt with him. When I saw him, to me he was out of his senses. To me. Yeah, but man. you know, he's, yeah, he's still working, but to me, him never stable to me. But he, you know, my daily work. And I, I felt so sorry for him and so I forgave him at that instant. And I still talk to him if me see him, me call to him. Now have him up. To be honest, I forgave him. But for that man, my father's friend. Yeah. The first one. The first one, because he was the first one. Yeah, because I, that's when it spiraled and yes. robbery the innocence that yes. If I if I am telling you and even know if I see him and if I hear that he's like I'd pay somebody and I'd go to prison and do my time for him. So I would that, take that a knife. Still there. Yes, yeah. I would take a knife and I would you would even understand. I would go through. I would dissect and, him. And that's not just only because of what he did to you, but also what happened to your father as well. Yes, I would dissect mm-hmm. him because they they, no. they disrespected my father. You see, it's a whole heap of trauma and hurt associated with that particular individual. And it now go just go so all at once. Yeah. Right? You have to work on them piece at a time. And the worst thing is, you know, Jane, especially where the whole rape and sexual assault thing is mm. concerned, majority of people that go through this go through it at the hands of somebody they know. Yeah. And this was somebody that, you know, you said your father knew and it's somebody that you guys must have been around over of course. Of time. Yes. So as somebody you know then I feel yes. comfortable and safe yes. with. Yes. Ah, rough. Yes. Rough. But you know, you can use your life, you know, as a testimony and with blood we have chance to you can help somebody else because yeah. guaranteed there's somebody going through this right now. And you see the worst thing you know is they may say people may listen to this and say, so why you never tell somebody or why you never go to the police or you know? That's the thing, you yeah. know, people are gonna say this, but when we talk, um how many persons listen? Remember I know I have I had no parents. I had exactly. no parental guide, nobody business with you. When I tell somebody no and I, you know, where do I go? Who's gonna take me up? Especially mm. as a child. As a child, who is gonna take? We are the pity party at the community. Everybody look but, down. Upon. You know, say ah ah ah, like you know, say you know, say a sad lady where we always walk up and down. Yeah, ah, they they nice, see. But apart from that, nobody's gonna take us up. If no. it was not, you know, if it was not for that one teacher who started it, who saw potential in me, I would have been dead today. I would have been and, dead today. And I want to say something. You see, when you've been sexually molested, it does things to you. Is either you become reserved? Yeah. Either, is, either you become bisexual, you become lesbian, you become gay, you become you start having sex all over the place. For me, I had no self-worth. If a man tell me something like me, me and him, me and him, you know. Whatever. And I, after I, I had my child. Yes, and I remember I when you touched on that that you wanted that child. It was just for that reason that that self worth. You wanted someone to just love you and you uh love yes. him back in return. Yes. To just give but, me because there was this emptiness within me. And you believe that you know, child would have um filled that. But it did. It did. Oh. Listen, when I when I had my child, if I should t- t- touch on this t- topic, I started to tell my child from within the womb that I love him mm-hmm. because it's not something I grew up hearing. So I wanted to because you know he goes shy him. So I started practicing it from the child was in the womb, and surprisingly, every day my child gets up and says, "Mommy, I love you. You're so pretty." And it was when I have had my child four years ago that I started to feel that I had value. Because mm-hmm. your life, your life takes on a new purpose now, and yes, it's not about yes. you no more. Yes, so, right. But 
Let me share that, that, that statistic here for all of the people and who feel like, say, people who get raped don't talk about it, right? According to um, the JCF, between 2011 and 2020, 6,573 act of rapes were reported. And out of that number, only 3,254 have been cleared up, approximately half, right? Mm -hmm. Only half have been cleared up. Yep. So people, people do report these things, you know, and it what takes a lot of strength. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So it takes Jane, a lot of strength. Um, like how you have this horrible childhood experience, um, I guess you're um, overly protective of, of your child, right? <laughs> um, yes, I don't leave him. I don't leave him, but I don't. It's not. Oh, I'm not overly protective. I I observe a lot. Yeah. And I don't say. I just watch his reaction. I if I you know if I send him you know to I only allow his grandfather because the only person that takes care of him is his grandfather. I allow one person at a time to take care of my child. I don't have him to go here, here, and there, everywhere. And I watch his reaction when he comes back home. I study him. And then um, I allow him to be out outspoken. So when he, he'll talk to me and I, he'll come and there, I allow him to get comfortable. And when he gets comfortable, he'll talk. Mm -hmm. So I was I would say, son, how was your day today? And he said, Mommy, you know, I had a good day. And I say, How how was your day at grandpa? And he would say, Grandpa did this and grandpa did that. And because he's very intelligent, so he'll talk to me what happened. You know. Nice. So if if something happens, I know. So as, so no, it, so as it relates to your mommy, is she is she still around? No. <laughs> no, man. You know, um, they found my mom. Decomposed body in a in a in a in a river. Wow, 20, sorry to hear. 2019, yeah. I think they raped her and threw her in there. So it was both, both parents. Tragically, both yeah. Parents. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Now, my question is, you know, not to you, just you, Jane, but mm. you know, to you, my friend, being parents, how would you react if your child comes and says, hey, Mommy, Daddy, this happened to me, right? This person that you left me with touched me in that particular way. How would we react? Remember your gene first, Carl. Um, oh, you for me, I kill. Especially that thing. And, and I can understand. I yeah, can understand. I, 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 say it with, I say it unapologetically. I would destroy yep. somebody's life because, and I say this because my friend and I were having a discussion about a man who was molested and because he was molested, he, you know, he's married, even though he's married with children, he is confused because he still likes men. And so, I do not want my son to be confused in that way because mm -hmm. of what, because of what somebody did. Right. I don't want nobody alter his decision. So yeah. I would kill somebody. And especially yeah. after what you've been through, I, yes. can, I can totally understand that. So now but, with yeah. the counseling and, and, and stuff like that, um, how, how is your mindset now, Jane? It's a constant battle, even more so than ever, because trauma is not something that is healed in a day. Trauma is, it's for me, I think it's a lifelong um, thing where you have to be mindful each and every day where you wake up, your environment, what triggers you. And for me, I'm working on the relationship with my spouse because I easily get angry. I'll just shut. I, I, I have zero patience and tolerance me for things. And so I'm trying to work on that to better my relationship with him and you know, I'm kind of, I am, I try to mind who I talk to people and I try to listen and I try to be understanding and not to judge them. And I try to remember where I'm coming from. Yes. Yeah, so you're so, still yeah. a work in, in progress. And yes. 
Earlier, you did mention your brother and brother and sister as well. How, how are they now? You know, um, they're not well. For one brother, I know he's the the head because you know he he's a Christian, and so if any one of us is in any trouble, he'll the one he's the one that will run around and try to get things better. But for the rest, I heard my father something here. Old brother said to me that he's still he says he's on um pills or whatever. And he, I think he, he still has trauma that he hasn't dealt with. And my sister was depressed the other day. And I, I think that is because she has trauma that she has not dealt with as yet. Okay. And the rest of them, them still have trauma because it, all of us went through our own little things that affected us. Yeah, own, own battles. Yes. In some case, war as well. War as well, yes. It's a constant, for me, it's a constant war. Because I at one point I thought I was gonna go mad because they were always telling me, You're gonna mad like your mother. And so when the pandemic started and being in the house, it started to affect me. I said, God, we feel like me go mad. But I started to have anxiety attack and panic. Yeah. No distraction, yeah, you were just there by yourself, right? Yes, and I started to relive every every bad thing that happened to me. So I started to have panic attacks and stuff and stuff like that. So yeah. You know, the greatest thing, you start the healing process. And, you know, personally, I have to thank you for sharing your experience mm -hmm. because I am sure this will help somebody. Your experience will definitely touch somebody's life. So I have to thank you for that personally. Definitely. Right? Brave. Yeah. I'm glad you start the healing process. And again, I'm going to applaud you for sharing your story because, as I said earlier, too many people suffer in silence. And it can be a friend, you know, a family yeah. member especially. And you know, just the whole concept of sexual assault and rape, it's yeah. not just centered on females. Males go through it too, just like you said, the, the person that you know that is now confused, mm -hmm. right? So it's not gender bias. Anybody mm -hmm. can go through this, right? But I want to share some, some stats with us still real quick because I am sure that many people, when it happened to them, feel like, why me? Why is this happening to me? And think they're the only one it's happening to at this current time. But um, it says that sexual violence in America affects an American it, one in every American in 68 seconds. Mm -hmm. So every 68 seconds, someone is sexually assaulted. Right? Mm -hmm. And the crazy thing, you know, on average, there are 463,643 victims aged 12 or older. Yeah. Right? And you see how your your Ideal started at a very, very young age, right? It says yeah. that young people are at the highest risk of sexual violence and assault. And the young people, 54% are between the ages of 18 and 34. And 15%, 17 and under. Hmm? My gosh. Yeah, it's, so... Jane, Bro. before yeah. we, we sign out of here, um, any any final words? I mean, um, credit to your fiance. Not only credit, uh, uh, not only just credit, but big up to him, um, for definitely um being that 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 strength beside you as well. So, if you have any final words or any um big up you, you want know, to give yeah. anyone, you can um, just go yeah. ahead now. When I, you know, I must comment my spouse because one of the things. Thing he said about said to me said he said I am going to ensure that I get you the help that you need and he said I know you don't have you don't you have problems with being patient and I do things that makes you uncomfortable so you can see where you're going wrong and I laughed and I said thank you very much for, for being so under because he's a, he's such a calm and gentle soul yeah. And um, for persons who have been affected, you don't have to come up to talk if you don't feel like, but ensure that you get the necessary help. 
these are things that you'll take with you into your life's journey. And in order for you to become a better person, a better version of yourself, you have to get healing. Or else you'll be stuck for the rest of your life and always questioning yourself, your self-worth and your value, your character. Regard, irrespective of what happens to you, it was not your fault. You're, you, it's not like you're not worthy. You are worthy. Use this as a tool. Don't waste your pain. Go write a book. Go, you know, go out there. Put yourself out there. Don't let this stop you. It is not your fault. That's all I want to tell somebody. And just to pick up from what you said, Jane, my life, that it is not your fault. Because, you know, rape and sexual assault happens in, in many cases. Mm-hmm. Many, many cases. It might not just be from somebody that you know, but somebody body that you don't know. It's not your fault. Right? Like I said, seek the help. Also, don't be afraid to report it. Yeah. Don't be afraid to feel like, no, they're going to shun me or they're going to judge me. I'm in this by myself. You're, you're not in it by yourself. Right? There's someone that is going through the same ordeal that you are at this very point. And for parents or people, when someone comes up and says, hey, I was raped or sexually assaulted, more times than not, there's validity to their story. So don't judge, but listen. Right? Sometimes they don't even want you to say anything. Just a listening ear. Right? But, Jane, I must thank you. You know, I hope, I hope this can help somebody and they can learn from your ordeal. Because I don't want to use the word experience. Because that's not... It's yeah. an ordeal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But thank you again, Jane. It was my pleasure. Thank you too. Yeah, man, thank I you definitely big up for coming on. Yeah. All right. Yeah, thank you very much. No, no problem.